As Sheen has said, uh, this is a day that we remember the persecuted, and we set aside this, this day in November. We join other churches around the world in doing so. But today, we use this day to inform us, because often we don't know what's going on around us, around the world. This is a day to inform us about what's going on with our brothers and sisters, what's going on with our family around the world. And um, there is more persecution this century, this last hundred years, than all other centuries put together. So um, it's something that we all face to a degree, but our brothers and sisters around the world are facing extreme persecution, and we're going to inform you a little today. You know, um, why do we do this? Why do we set aside a day in November every... You know, we, we pray for the persecuted every week, but why set aside this day? We need to be informed uh, the author of Hebrews, near the end of his letter to the Hebrews, gave a series of exhortations, encouragements, commands, let's say. And listen to what he says in one of those exhortations. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. So why do we do this? We do this because we can be forgetful people, out of sight, out of mind. And we don't know what's going on with our fellow Christians, and, and so we forget. So the writer tells us, the scriptures tells us to remember those in prison. And we're, we're talking about those who are in prison for Christ's sake. Let us not ignore or neglect our family. We can, we can become detached. We can become so detached that we don't feel what's going on over there or what's going on in this prison or those who have lost their lives. And so that scripture, that exhortation says, to remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. So we need to feel what it's like to be in prison. We need to feel what it's like to be alone or to be tortured for Christ's sake. We need to empathize with our fellow brothers and sisters and not be distant, not be detached. We do this because we can be individualistic and not part of something bigger. And so that verse tells us, you also are in the body. You're in the family, just as they are in the family. We're not alone, Shane says. They shouldn't be alone either. They are our family, and they're hurting. Well, we do this also to inform. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 4. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and servant in the Lord, will bring you information 
For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances. And with him, Onesimus, they will inform you about the whole situation here. Paul felt the need to let others know what was going on in his life. And so it's important for us to know what's going on in our brothers' and sisters' lives. Well, over the years, we have brought guest speakers to you. Uh, you remember Mary Comey, uh, a young Sudanese woman who was um, tortured by her family because she became a Christian and had to run for her life. Or Russell Stendhal, we recently had, who had been kidnapped in Bolivia or in Colombia uh, for six months. We have brought people who have witnessed, have gone to different countries and witnessed persecution. We have told stories of pastors and performed skits. We've had videos. This is all to inform us so that we would remember, that we would feel, that we would support and pray for our brothers and sisters. By the way, you remember the, the dramatic reading we had where we had three backdrops and one was of a young um, Pakistan woman. Um, here's a little update on her. This is from a friend of mine in Pakistan. And her name was uh, Asiya, spelled Asia, Asiya Bibi. And she had been in, she's been in prison on death row in Pakistan for five years now. On October 16th, Asiya lost her appeal before the high court. This is just two weeks ago. The court almost acquitted her, but the presence of 25 Muslim clerics inside the courtroom and 2,000 people massed outside of the courtroom put pressure enough on the judges that her appeal was turned down. So she's still on death row. Already one judge and a cabinet member have been assassinated for supporting us here. So we need to continue to pray for our sister. And maybe you saw the news yesterday on CNN that Two Americans were released from North Korea. One was in prison because he left a Bible in a public building. And he was one of uh, another Christian who was released just a month ago. We can give thanks to God for the release. You know, if it was, if it was on CNN all day, it ought to be on our hearts and our minds. Well, today, today, we're going to remember what we call the forgotten faces of persecution. And we've talked about pastors who are thrown in prison or martyred. These are the wives and the children of those who have been removed from them. They face persecution, too, because of it. They suffer also. We will look at three video clips the first is a, a prayer of a Syrian woman who faces persecution. And then we're going to pray for Syria or for women who experience this persecution. The second clip we're going to have is of three wives in Vietnam whose husbands are in prison. And then we'll follow that with prayer for wives 
whose husbands are in prison. And the last one will be the son of a a martyred Nigerian. He lost his, his dad. And he shares a little about his life. We'll pray for those who lose their 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 fathers or their mothers. And then we will highlight three organizations that give and support uh, persecuted. And as we give today, and our offering will be at the end of the service, that will go to these three organizations with information from us that we want it to go for the wise, the children of the persecuted. So let's, uh, let's um, just be informed today, and can we have that first video clip? We were praying for revival, believing God would do a big work in Syria. Then the war came. Now the terrorists are attacking Christian homes, churches, and even our children. Their goal is to empty Syria of its Christians. We hate the spirit of Islam that is destroying our country. But we love our Muslim neighbors. They come to us and say, in the name of our God, terrorists rape and kill. Where is God? We tell them about Jesus, and many are coming to know him. Still others say, we are like living in hell. One day, while I was praying, I asked God what he would have me do to be his witness. But he only asked me, will you give me your life? As I prayed, I understood he wanted all of me. And I said yes. If the time came, I was willing to die for Jesus. The next day, while I was praying, I asked God again what he would have me do. This time, he asked me, Are you willing to give me your husband's life? It is not easy to be ready to die. My husband and I prayed about this together. We said yes to God. The third day was the most difficult. On this day, God asked me if I was willing to give up my children's lives. The terrorists know who we are and that we share Jesus with Muslims. It is not safe for our family. My husband and I prayed and fasted, and together we agreed. God gave us our precious children. He has the freedom to take them back. When we agreed to put our children on the altar, I knew I had to tell them the truth. I told them that it was possible that men with swords may come through our door. Men.
Son? Yep, please pray with me. Our Father, we thank you so much for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and in this morning, particularly Syria. We thank you so much for this example um, of this real woman, Lena, who is speaking these difficult words and answering your difficult questions. And although I pray that we never have to answer those questions, I know we will. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that wants to reconcile his creation, regardless of where they live. Thank you that you see beyond international borders. Um, thank you, God, for the Middle East, for this region that's been ripped apart by war for years and years. I thank you for the millennia of believers that have been preserved there since the time of Jesus. I thank you for those who are today fighting for you, not with guns, but with love in the face of guns. Lord, I pray that you would protect, that you would preserve the true faith, and that you would encourage the believers in Syria, in Iraq, in Israel, in the West Bank, all over the Middle East. I pray that you would continue to lead them and that you would wrap your arms around them, that your presence would be very much felt. I pray today for Lena, this example of a mother that one day I only hope I can be. I pray that you would protect her marriage, that you would protect her husband, and I'm thankful that even should they have to give up their lives, that they would give them up willingly and together as a husband and wife. I pray for her children, that they would grow into Christians that follow you even more strongly than their parents. Lord, I pray that you would continue to give mothers like Lena, husbands like her husband, and children like theirs the strength to move forward in this difficult time. I pray that you give them your presence, that you would increase the believers' fervor and increase the souls in the Middle East that are saved and reconciled to you because of these believers. Lord, I ask that we not forget, that you not let us forget these people when we make decisions in our own country that could affect them. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. These tribal women have traveled two days from their village in the mountains to tell us their stories. We have to hide their faces and names to protect them. Their husbands are prisoners, convicted for their convictions. On April 10, 2004, a group of villagers protested the government's crackdown on their churches and illegal confiscation of property. Grace says he was sentenced for nine years and has served seven so far. Her visits to him are limited to once or twice a year. For her, it's a sentence as well. The burden has also been heavy for Ruth. Her husband was sentenced to 12 years. She suffers from hepatitis and has little support.
Deborah says they're discriminated against not only because their husbands are in prison, but because they are tribal people. In spite of these challenges, one thing these women haven't lost is faith. Deborah says neither have their husbands. Trong tù thì họ nhốt riêng cái người chính trị riêng mấy anh em là người tin tin Chúa hết. These women also find comfort in meeting together and bringing their shared sorrow to God. They say they pray for strength to stand and be faithful. They also hope others will join them. Mong quý anh nhân cầu nguyện cho gia đình tôi được bình an, được mạnh khỏe, được luôn luôn ở bên Chúa. Cảm tạ Chúa đã dẫn dắt con cái Chúa tới đây để biết chúng tôi là những người bị nạn trong hoàn cảnh này. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you for Grace and Ruth and Deborah, one of three of many with the same uh, persecution going on within their home and their families and their children. We pray for these that was presented here today. Just give them special double grace, whatever it might be. This is a hard prayer for me to pray because I don't know what this persecution is. So, just give them what they need, Lord. We know your word will not return to your void, but accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. And we're praying for the victims because of their faith. Lord, we pray for the children, too, that have to go without, probably don't understand what's going on because they can't be like the rest of the, the families in their community. But, Lord, we know that you are able and we know that you're there present with them. And so, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that I have no idea what it's like to be persecuted and go without, and not to have the comforts so that we have here in the United States. Lord, our heart goes out to these three women, these three wives that were without their husbands. And so, Lord, I bring them to you, and I want to bring them to you in the quietness of my home, in the comfort of my home, and to really reach out in, in heartfelt prayer to touch these. And I can't forget their husbands who are sitting in prison because of their faith, too. So, Lord, hear the husband's prayer for his wife, children and hear the prayer of the wife for her husband but Lord we know that you are able and so Lord through this persecution that they're enduring whether it be in the prison or the husbands I pray for those who are correction officers or whoever it might be that's uh, observing realize that in their faith, there's no love. 
But in this faith that they're observing because of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're seeing something that they don't have. And so through this persecution, Lord, I know that you are able to be drawing those who are outside the kingdom. But Lord, these wives need your help in a mighty way. So maybe it's through the voice of the martyr, whoever, however we can help them, Lord. We thank you for laying upon our hearts the true meaning of faith and the price that we may have to pay ourselves here, right here in the United States someday. So, Lord, we surrender these wives to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Benjamin Magaji is a confident young man with a dream to be the president of Nigeria. The fact that Benjamin can even have such a big dream is nothing short of miraculous. In 2000, militant Muslims upset that Christians were trying to block Sharia law in Kaduna State went on a rampage and surrounded the Magaji house where 30 people, including Benjamin, had gathered. He said, are we ready to be a Muslim or a Christian? So my mother told them that she will never be a Muslim and her children too will never be a Muslim. So they called my senior brother. His name is Victor. So they said to him, Victor, today is your day. Today is the day you are going to die. So my brother replied and said, even though I die, I know where I'm going to. I'm not going to have fire, but I'm going to heaven. Benjamin, who was six at the time, says the rioters then started shooting bullets and throwing stones at the house. They then began throwing burning tires into the home. My father stand in defense of our house. So they came, killed, shoot my father, and kill eight members of my family. And, it, and one of my little sister, who was now up to one year old, I started running. I now fell into a burning fire. So my brother, who was, he was tired too. So he now took me up. As I was about to run away, he fell back into the fire and died. Before he could get to safety, Benjamin was grabbed by five Muslim men who took him to a house where they gave him a choice, become a Muslim or die. Benjamin refused to renounce his Christian faith. They now brought food for me, not inside the food, there is a poison there. So they asked me to eat it, but I said, I'm not going to eat since I've not yet seen my mother. One of those men convinced the others to release the injured boy rather than kill him. Benjamin's leg was badly burned. Soon after, he was reunited with his mother and taken to a hospital. He would later learn that eight members of his family died when the house was burned down. When I was 12 years old, I started thinking of being a soldier so that when I grew up, I would revenge. And I said I want to become a rich man so that when I grow up, I will look for my people, some people to help me to revenge. But I have now changed my, my mind. 
That changed mind came when he understood what the Bible taught about forgiveness. If Christ did not come to die for our sin, all of us would have been suffering because, because one can just carry knife, kill another person. Nobody will blame him. But because Christ has come to forgive us our sin, we have no good and bad. That we have known that to kill is not a good thing. Benjamin enjoys his life at the Stevens Center School in Abiyakuta in Ogun State in southwest Nigeria, a school funded in part by the Voice of the Martyrs in Canada. He has many friends here and feels safe. He believes the high quality of education will give him the opportunity to fulfill his dream. I want to become a president so that I will be able to help others that our parents are dead like me. I want to build a very big school for them so that they can be able to learn and become great people in life. So that when they become something great in life, they will remember that somebody has helped me. So let me help somebody too. Would you pray with me? Uh, Lord, we want to pray this morning for kids like Benjamin who have lost their families and their homes and everything they once knew um, because their parents were not ashamed to be called your children and they refused to deny you in the face of persecution. Uh, Lord, we want to pray that these children would find new families and new homes that you would use organizations uh, like Voice of the Martyrs to make sure that they're taken care of. Lord, we also want to pray that you would use these kids as a witness to those who have persecuted them, that instead of the bitterness and revenge that should be there, their persecutors see your forgiveness and grace instead, and that they would understand that no matter the amount of hate, your forgiveness and grace will always be stronger. And Lord, we also want to pray that you would give us wisdom and insight, what we can do to be supportive and Lord, to help and to care for kids like Benjamin around the world. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Oops, I guess I sat on the wrong side. Um, in Matthew 25, uh, the Lord was talking about the sheep and the goats. And he said, he was telling them how he would treat the righteous. And they asked him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger? And welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And he said that the king would answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the, the least of these, you've done it to me. This is what the church at Lockwood, his sons and daughters, his righteous ones, have done. Voice of the Martyrs, uh, medical, give new prosthetics, 
to people who have had limbs removed. They have they send doctors and surgical supplies and medical help. They're training for women to support their families. And they give Bibles in the language of the people. They have village outreach packs with blankets and Bibles, warm socks and clothing, and supplies for the families. They have children's school supplies and literature, Bible story comic books, support for orphans. This is what Voice of the Martyr does. Open Doors is another organization that provide a safe place for former Muslims. They help them share Christ also. They serve the persecuted families, um, and they continue to do that. They rebuild communities and restore hearts. And we have, com- <clears throat> we have given to these, this Open Doors community <clears throat> help. International Christian Concern is another community um, group that we give money to, and all of us are part of this. They do radio broadcasts of the gospel. They do ministry and disciple training over the radio also, and they give training supplies for widows and their families, and we want to thank them. They give schools for orphans. They help the suffering wives and children of imprisoned husbands or also non-believing spouses. They give bicycles to pastors who have to travel long distances and don't have a car and serve several communities. They support underground churches and pastors, and they sustain a persecuted couple in the ministry. This is what our money goes for. This is how we serve the Lord. So, unless otherwise designated, the entire offering will go to these three organizations with directions from us. It will be given to ministries that help the forgotten faces, the children and the the wives of the persecuted. Let's pray. Father, we give um, back to you to help our brothers and sisters around the world just a small portion of what we can do to serve your people and thereby serve you. Use these gifts, this offering, to support and encourage those of our brothers and sisters who face persecution. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.